Today, our guest speaker is Professor Gifford Rainey. This is usually the, year, the time of the year when I start not liking Professor Gifford Rainey. <laughs> and that is a very, there is a very good reason for that, because the, the, the Greek exam is coming very soon. Uh, and at this point of time, you think, well, I really like this professor. But if, if I fail, like, there's really little I can do not to like him anymore. And I remember thinking this, you know, I really appreciated his, uh, his mentorship during my studies at the Newble College. Uh, and I, I remember, I want to make sure that I always like him. Uh, and because I wanted to like him, I studied harder. Uh, and, and believe it or not, my best mark ever I had was, uh, was Greek and homiletics. And the both subjects Professor uh, Gifford was teaching me uh, during these years at Newble College. So um, uh, it is my pleasure uh, and honor to welcome you, and it is great to be uh, great to have you here for the parallel service. Thank you, Dayan. I always get worried when Dayan introduces me because <laughs> I, I never know what's going to happen. It's almost like a leap of faith. Um, uh, you probably recognised the, the clip, did you? Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones um, uh, needs to cross over this impasse and uh, uh, he doesn't know what he's going to do. And I don't know if he remembers some kind of uh, book or some kind of um, uh, prophecy, but he knows he has to cross over and he remembers the phrase leap of faith and he takes that leap, doesn't he? But it's interesting because um, faith without works is death. That's what the Word of God says. So I've often wondered about this because James, I don't know if he had Indiana Jones in mind or if Indiana Jones had James in mind, but um, if you have faith without works or faith minus works or faith minus deeds equals dead, that doesn't really make sense, does it? Because the implication is that something was alive. Isn't it? Because you, you can't have something dead that wasn't alive. Do you agree? So faith minus works equals death or dead suggests that something was alive. So what was alive? It is said that whatever the mind conceives and then believes, it can achieve. Because imagination is the gateway to faith. That suggests to me that faith must be a process, not just an event, or not just an instant, but a process. So it seems to me that when the mind conceives and starts to believe, Faith is already beginning in action, but then faith can possibly die. That's why faith without works is dead. That's what I think, because um, otherwise, J uh, James would have put it this way, faith without works is unborn. If he was trying to say faith without works is not faith at all, he would have said faith without works is unborn. You know, because it's rather like um, being pregnant and you're about to deliver, and indeed you do deliver, but there's a stillborn child. Faith 
without works is dead. Something was happening, but then it died. I remember a uh, 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 field trip I was on. Uh, this is exam times, isn't it? And uh, I was doing my, my the equivalent of GCSEs. Uh, it was in my O-levels in, in geography. And it was a field trip. And I, I don't remember where it was. All I remember, we were on this vast uh, green expanse of land. And uh, there was lots of cows and sheep grazing on it. And we were on our way to the coach. And there was this ditch in front of us. We had to cross over the ditch. In fact, you didn't really have to. We only to walk around it would have taken about half a mile to do so. So we'd have to walk parallel to the ditch for half a mile and walk around it to get to the coach. Uh, well, the girls amongst us decided that that's what they were going to do. Uh, because they didn't want to uh, mess up their hair and, uh, and some of them wore high heels. Can you imagine wearing high heels? to a field trip. And, uh, but we boys decided we were going to cross the ditch. It was about three meters wide and I would say about three feet deep. Uh, you had to jump over it because in the middle of it was a lot of cow dung. It was really hard. So I remember um, a couple of my friends jumped it and it was my turn. I happened to be um, the long jump champion of, of my school, so you know, it should have been a piece of cake, really. And I, I remember uh, going up to it and then marking my, 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 my step and walking backwards, counting how many steps, as long jump, jumpers do, you know. Uh, I, I must have stepped back about 25 yards and I went to jump and everyone did a countdown. Three, two, one. And I went and I, and I slipped. <laughs> now I know what you're thinking. You think, you think, you think uh, that I slipped in the ditch, right? But I didn't. You guys are terrible. <laughs> what it was is that I slipped as I went to, to run. And I figured, okay, I, I, you know, I just recomposed myself. I did, and I, I recomposed myself. And I, three, two, one, and I took off like a rocket. And when it came to the ditch, I took that leap of faith and made it to the other side. <laughs> a friend of mine followed me. His name was Boston. We used to call him the boss. He was kind of heavy set. He was our best rugby player. And you just doesn't mess around with the boss. And uh, it was his turn to jump. And uh, he, yeah, he did the same thing. Three, two, one. And he ran. And he took off. And I don't know what made me do it. It must have been the devil in me. I, I, I said, Boston! As he took off. And he turned around and went, Whoa! And he fell right dead in the middle of the ditch. Faith without works is dead in the middle of the ditch. We all had to pay for it because, uh, uh, you know, he stuck my head high to high heavens. And, and we, um, as we as we went back on the coach uh, to our school. But what was happening there? Why did Boston not make it to the other side? Because he he took the jump, didn't he? And that jump was the leap of faith. But he got distracted, didn't he? He lost his focus. Of course he did. 
And as he lost his focus, what happened? Even though I was the culprit, what happened? He fell down and his faith died. It's rather like, um, you know, this is exam times, you're taking it, you're taking uh, your exams. It's, it's rather like sitting, sitting in your exam, examination room, and you know you didn't revise, you should have revised, but you know you didn't revise. And you say, well, Lord, you know, I, I know I didn't revise, but you're a God of miracles, you can do this. My covenant here is an act of faith. You know, and then you take your pen. I know one guy who did it, you know, he did that. And my action here is an action of faith, Lord. As I pick up this pen, just reveal to me the answers. <laughs> and uh, he picked up the pen, and he just struggled, and he couldn't find an answer. This was around Christmas time. He couldn't find an answer. And he said, well, God, where are you? God, where are you? He got so frustrated that at the end of the exam, he, he wrote, uh, this exam is impossible. Only God can do it. <laughs> Happy Christmas. Well, the examiner, uh, as he was marking, came across this and he also had a flash of inspiration. And he wrote, well, God gets an A and you get an F. Happy New Year. <laughs> Faith without works is dead. Faith is a process, but it seems to me that somewhere along the process, some of us get distracted. And by losing distraction, our faith dies. I believe this is what the second portion of Scripture has to say about it. This is, first, this is James chapter 1, uh, verses 22 to 25. Because James is setting the ground for his premise that faith without works is dead. But he wants to set the ground in another way, in, in, a, in, a, in another language, in another way. And in verse 22, he talks about being doers and hearers. He said it's one thing to hear and do, but it's another thing to hear and not do. And this is what he says. In verse 22, he says, now, be doers of the word, and not hearers only, and in so doing, deceiving yourself. Because if you are a hearer of the word, and not a doer, you are like a man who checks himself, or checks his morning face in the mirror. Now I need to back up here, because I'm actually translating as I'm reading. And the reason why I'm doing this is because there's some key words here that you need to get, or we need to get, in order to see what James is trying to say. The first thing I want us to get is, James is actually not using the generic term for man, as in mankind. He's actually using the masculine word, as in male man. Now, most of the times we read man in the New Testament, it is the generic word that we use, as in mankind. But James is deliberately saying, it is like a man carrying, like a mirror. Now, which man amongst us here actually carry mirrors? Well, which man amongst you is carrying a mirror? Now, if anyone, any man put his hand up, I'd get really, really worried. I'm very concerned. In fact, I would suggest you might have some issues. 
So what is James saying? James is actually saying, when you have faith, but you don't follow it up with action, it is as ridiculous as a man carrying a mirror. As ridiculous as a man carrying a mirror. It just doesn't make sense. That's only the first part. But moreover, it's like a man carrying a mirror, checks himself in the mirror. Now the first, the word that he used is actually um, the, the face that is unwashed. You know, your morning face. You've got brat in your eyes and you know, dribble around your lips. You've got a stain in Well, is it just me, maybe? Okay. <laughs> uh, and then you're looking in the mirror and you know you have to do something about it. It's like, well, it's like looking in the mirror and you don't do anything about it. You just look at it, it's a hat. I'm just going to go out anyway you know, to the corner shop and get what I need to get. Now, um, I, it's funny because I asked um, your pastor, Dan, if he had a mirror on him. When we were in the vestry, he said, oh, I said, we don't carry those things around. Yeah. I said, okay, okay. Because I was putting on my time, I need to check my time. Yeah? And um, he didn't notice, but um, a man without a mirror really got issues. <laughs> carries a mirror. So, so I, um, when he left, I took out my mirror. <laughs> and, I, and I checked myself. Okay, so um, this is ridiculous as a man carrying a mirror. And he notices that something's wrong. His tie is out of place. And, he's out. and people are looking at him oddly. Because you're not looking at me, you're looking at my tie. <laughs> he said, fix that tie, you know. He said, I don't care. It's as ridiculous as that, you see. In fact, he goes on to say in verse 23, or 24, or he checks it, he checks himself, and he walks away, and immediately he forgets what he looks like, 25. But... The one who stoops and peers, and he uses a parallel word for mirror, because mirror is only an analogy, if you like, or a metaphor. It's actually a metaphor for the perfect law of liberty, or the perfect law of freedom. So let me start again. But the one who peers, and the word peers is, is the word for intently, you're actually looking at it, you're examining it. The one who looks intently at the law of liberty and not, and sorry, and remains steadfast in that looking, he is not a hearer of forgetfulness, but a doer of works. And this one is blessed. Sorry, this. And uh, and and uh, and blessed is the and blessed is he who um, sorry and this one is blessed in his deeds. Sorry. He's actually blessed as he does his deeds. Now, so what is he saying? He's saying in order for faith to actually work, that faith has to be focused. You have to look intensely. You mustn't be distracted. And as you look intensely at the mirror, 
you fix yourself and you do something about it. In fact, so powerful is the mirror that it is called the law, the perfect law of liberty. Now, the perfect law of liberty is not just the Ten Commandments, as you would read in verse 12 in chapter 2, but it is actually the combination of mercy, which is love, and God's law. If you read verse 8 of chapter 2, you will actually see that. So, because this, it, when you obey the law, you are not just following a standard. You are actually loving as well. You love your neighbor as yourself. That is the royal law, according to, to, to James. So, when I am doing and carrying out my faith, I am actually doing acts of charity. I am doing good deeds. I am doing things that liberate others. Isn't that something? But I've got to be steadfast. I've got to be focused. Otherwise, that faith will die. Did you get that? So let's think about it. Maybe your father's left your mother. Or your mother's left your father. And you're feeling hurt inside. And you have no one to turn to. The word is, take that leap of faith and pray. That God will deliver you in this situation. And something good will come out of it. And if you pray the faith of prayer, whatever the mind conceives and then believes, it will achieve. Or maybe you want to do something as basic as losing weight. And you want, and you, and, and you feel stressful about it, you feel that it won't happen or it can't happen, but somehow you feel today inspired, yeah, I'm going to pray this prayer of faith. And you take that, and you pray that prayer of faith, but you also make that leap of faith. Because whatever the mind conceives, and then achieve. Sorry, then believe. It will achieve. Or maybe there's a job that you need. Or maybe there's an exam that you need to pass. It's the same thing, friends. Look in the mirror. Faith in the mirror. Once you conceive it, and then believe it, you can achieve it. That's a heavenly and spiritual law that never changes. My simple point, therefore, is believing in Jesus Christ is one thing. But doing nothing about it is really ridiculous. Believing that Jesus came and died and was resurrected is the beginning of faith. But doing nothing about it means that your faith will die and will take you nowhere. Believing that Jesus has the power to enable you to overcome any problem that you might have, whether it's a sin problem, 
or a situation that you find yourself in. Maybe there's someone who is sick in your family. And this is getting the family down. And this is causing stress within you. The message is clear. The message is very, very clear. You can do something about it by looking in the mirror. The perfect, perfect law of liberty. And you can say, Lord, because you are able, I believe you. Enable me, therefore, to focus on what you can do for me. It was the 1930s, during the Great Depression of America. And a young girl was handed um, some bonds by her dying father. Uh, it wasn't worth much then, so she didn't bother to cash it in. Some 70 years later, she was found dead in her flat, alone, in abject poverty. Interesting thing is, when uh, the social services went in and looked um, uh, and inspected her place, it was very smelly and dirty and there was hardly any furniture in the house. And it would seem that the poverty had something to do with her death. But lo and behold, they found, locked up in a cupboard somewhere, these bonds. <coughs> and when they valued the bonds, it came to over one million dollars. Here was a woman living in abject poverty, not realizing it. <coughs> that she already had the answer to her problems. <coughs> she did not cash in the bonds. Having faith without works is like not cashing in the bonds. And I believe somebody needs to cash in the bonds today. You came to church this morning probably didn't feel like coming, but you came. And that was a leap of faith. I want to pray now that God will sustain that faith with some focus. And that in hereafter, you will cash in the bonds. That somehow you will look in the mirror and say, yes, Lord, I, I will go and I will do your bidding. I will go and I will fulfill the purpose you have for me in life. And I will do that because you are already faithful. That's what the song we say said. You are already a faithful God. God is faithful before we can ever be faithful. We are simply responding to his faithfulness. So I just want to pray that prayer right now. It's a benedictory prayer. Yet a prayer that God will sustain our faith journey. But if you feel like giving up, just remember, we've got some bonds that need to be cashed in. And this bond will, these bonds will liberate your life. It's all about walking in the steps of Jesus Christ. Doing his bidding and seeing his salvation revealed. Do you want this to be prayed into your future? Do you want this to be prayed for you right now?
Let's just bow our heads wherever we are. And let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the gift of faith. That we are able through faith to see you just as you are. But seeing you and doing nothing about you is as ridiculous as looking in a mirror and not doing anything about what we look like. And so, Father, because you have reminded us of the eternal word, that our faith with works can save us, we ask in the name of Jesus that whatever our plights might be, whatever our situation might be, that we would extend our faith in you, knowing that you are faithful to sustain that faith and to keep that faith faithful, that it will never die. So, mop up our stains, mop up the blood that spills, Fix us up, that we may walk with our heads high, knowing that our walk of faith is the walk of success and the walk of victory. Now unto him, unto her, unto him rather, that is able to keep us from falling, no matter who we are, no matter what our situations might be. Unto him that is able to present us faultless before your almighty throne of grace and faith. To him be all power and all praise and all majesty and all dominion over our lives now and forevermore. Let the redeemed of the Lord say, Amen. Amen.